Welcome to the pre-concert podcast to premiere performances upcoming recital, Rachel Zhang's Fantasies. In this podcast, pianist Rachel Zhang will share her thoughts on her upcoming recital program, which includes Schumann's Fantasy Stücke, excerpts from Ravel Mihua, and Chopin Adante Spianato at Grand Polonaise Brillante. This podcast was recorded during a pre-concert Zoom chat with Rachel Zhang, organized by Aura Music. This recital is based on the title Fantasies. And when I when I was thinking about the program, especially during the past year, uh, where you know everyone is confined and and for me myself i i feel kind of so confined and a little bit um to shut away from the outer world and so i wanted to experience some some fantasy or simply just streaming um through music the most important the, the core work of this um recital is the the schumann fantasy stuka opus 12. So naturally, from this title, we have eight movements of just complete fantasy of, you know, going into Schumann's world, uh, which I always find very intriguing uh, whenever I play Schumann's music. So, of course, there's the two imaginary characters in Schumann's head uh, all his life. It's uh, the Florenstein. Uh, which uh, represents the passionate and the impulsive side of Schumann, and uh, Eusebius, uh, which is a very dreamy and um, serene and calm character. And um, I don't know. I, I I feel like when I when I play Schumann, I can really get into these two characters, and I really enjoy exploring. Um, uh, sometimes go in and out and. And maybe it does not quite reflect in my own personal character. Somehow, when I when I play and or maybe when I perform, uh, it, there's something maybe deep down emotionally that connects me with Schumann, <laughs> and uh, yeah, and this kind of drama and uh, the poetic side. The first movement is uh, in the evening. And right at the beginning, we already see the, the very typical signature Clara, the descending line, um, descending scale, which uh, always represent, represents Clara, um, mm. uh, the love of his life. And uh, this, uh, this movement is so serene, but at the same time, rhythmically, there's a kind of ambiguity. Um, it's written in, in two eight, but actually you hear it in three. There's so much tenderness in this movement right at the beginning. In, in D flat major, maybe not a very common key. Somehow it works so well uh, in the beginning of this piece and actually through this set, there's a, a kind of a very typical Schumann color in it leading to the second movement is called the soaring, like a bird that you see on uh, in the sky that takes flight, how it spread its wings and, and looking uh, at the world and uh, 
in a bird's eye view, or maybe it's something more human. You have to uh, reach for something, and uh, you're hoping to fly towards that goal. And uh, I somehow I I feel these two uh, imagery uh, inside my head when I play. So I I think uh, yeah the second movement uh, it already hits me. <laughs> and here I would like to maybe share um, <clears throat> a few lines that uh, Schumann wrote uh, about in the Nacht. Um, so it actually it recounts the, the story of Hero and Leander. And it goes like this. It is an old and beautiful romantic legend. When I play Dinakt, I can never forget this image. First, he plunges into the sea. She cries out, he answers. He swims safely to shore through the waves. Now the Catalinas, as they embrace, then he must leave but cannot bear to part. Until night again enshrouds everything in darkness. So um, I think reading this passage, it really gives me the image of in the Nacht, um, what Schumann wants to tell through this piece. The, the end of the song, um, Schumann was thinking about like a, a merry wedding that uh, he, he is going to have with uh, Clara, obviously. And, um, but at the end, he said, my distress for you came back at the end and the wedding bell, and the wedding bells sound as if uh, it's like a funeral bell, uh, which, you know, brings the whole piece to silence uh, uh, in, in, in pianissimo and a very soft ending. And uh, for me, I think it it's like it dissolves into this this dream, whether it's uh, you continue dreaming or maybe you're starting to wake up from the dream. Yeah, I, I think this particular uh, image really sticks with me when I when I play. Um, well, from the beginning to the end. Of course, in, in, the, in the beginning, there's the Clara theme. And uh, what I love about Schumann is that he's so pure um, in, in, in music, in love, and, and um, in, 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 his, in his music, there's the purity that, uh, that's very typical, his voice. And... Uh, Especially, you know, the, the, the romantic side and his dedication um, to, to Clara and, uh, and of course, to, to the passion of uh, music, of creation. Um, and then I picked uh, Ravel Mihua. Uh, and in, in English translation, it's mirrors or reflection. And uh, it, it brings to a question as in how fantasy, um, you know, the word fantasy can be linked to mirrors. Sure. And uh, I find there's so much in common. Uh, first of all, 
um, when I think of the word fantasy, uh, this is also a question that I would like uh, everybody um, or maybe in the audience when, when they come to my concert or before the concert, what does the word fantasy mean to you? How do we reflect ourselves through music or uh, wh whatever um, that we can think of, uh, like in, in Ravel's music, I'm playing three pieces uh, from, from the set. And uh, the titles are very descriptive, very, uh, uh, some of them are nature inspired. Like the, the, the first piece that I'm playing is the Umbaxulasian, uh, a boat uh, in the ocean. So obviously we can all picture the, the atmosphere from this piece. It's um, waves, and waves and uh, you have the rippling figures from uh, all over uh, uh, from the beginning to the end. But it's not just like that. There's um, besides these figures, these rippling figures, uh, there's so much emotion in it that's reflected. Uh, maybe it's Ravel's own dream or his own character, his own struggles, what he is going through. Uh, while writing this piece, and followed by the Aborada de Gracioso, uh, of course, is the very hugely Spanish-influenced um, uh, uh, music, and where you can find uh, the Spanish guitars or the, the percussion and the dance rhythm is very prominent. And in the middle section, there's a like a, the morning song, uh, like a love song, um, a, a solo love song by a, 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 a Spanish jester, the clown. And I was thinking maybe Ravel is being, you know, exotic and he wanted to, uh, maybe it's him singing that love song. So yeah, that's my imagination. And the, and then the last piece of the set is uh, Level de Cloche, the Valley of Bells. And um, well, in this piece, you, you can hear the chimes and such enchanted and mysterious spells that I feel is a little bit out of the human time experience, which, uh, Again, it's fantasy. It's like uh, living in a dream. Uh, yeah, it brings back maybe memories that I was in, 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 in Europe and I passed by a cathedral and uh, the distant bells that brings back maybe the memories or the, maybe a, a little bit of melancholy feelings. Yeah, so um, yeah, that's what I feel about Ravel. And that's why I put uh, the set, the, the three pieces after Schumann. The last time that I played the Andante's Pianato uh, and the Grand Polonaise was uh, 2010. 
Um, and yeah, that was more than 10 years ago. And uh, I must say that uh, at that time when I was um, uh, trying to play that piece, it was very difficult for me because uh, I, f I found it really hard to understand the, the kind of Polish um, nationalistic uh, pride in it and um, and also that kind of upbeat polonaise rhythm. Now, uh, more than 10 years later, I start to, uh, I, I grew out of these kind of uh, uh, difficulties and uh, somehow I found a bit of solution to, to tackle these, <laughs> um, uh, yeah, these obstacles and uh, Hopefully I can do a better job this time. <laughs> and, uh, and somehow maybe with more experience, I, I learned to let go more and to just enjoy and um, to feel that pulse that's very important in, 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 in these dances, in the polonaise and, um, and just be as virtuosic as I can, but at the same time, of course, very poetic. Um, it has to remain this kind of uh, Chopin uh, sentiment, this uh, Chopin nobility, um, uh, even in the, the brilliant passages. It was originally written for piano and orchestra. Well, obviously, uh, when we listen to the uh, piano and orchestra version, there's nothing much actually that the orchestra is doing. But, but yeah, I think in, interpretation-wise, um, it, it got me to thinking if I'm going to play this piece with an orchestra. Actually, I was originally going to play this piece with the Hong Kong Phil uh, last December, but then the concert was canceled because of uh, the, the COVID. I was thinking if I were to play with orchestra, the rhythm and the, 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 the kind of the, the rhythmic structure has to be more or less the same uh, uh, and in sync with the orchestra. It has to be um, as this kind of uh, ongoing uh, vitality in the same frame. Uh, so when, when we think of Chopin, maybe uh, we always associate with a uh, tempo rubato, uh, you can uh, be free and uh, uh, re very romantic. But in this case, I think whatever you do, it has to fit in that frame. And it, I, I, I think it's a very good guideline for me when I, when I practice and when I prepare for this piece. For listening to our pre-concert podcast, Rachel Chen's recital will be held on 31st of May, 2021, at 7:30 p.m. at Hong Kong City Hall Concert Hall. For tickets and details, please visit pphk.org. Follow us for more upcoming recitals and chamber music concerts. This is Premier Performances of Hong Kong, and see you at the concert hall. <laughs>